The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Settling into the meditation, perhaps by first noticing how you are right now. How is the body? How are you emotionally? Any particular mood that's present? And if there are any thoughts or anything that's got the mind preoccupied, it's good just to take into account how you are to start. Taking your time to settle into a posture that will support your meditation this evening by being comfortable, as relaxed as possible, but also alert enough to keep you engaged and attentive. Sometimes it's useful to do a scan of the body and, uh, you know, maybe head to foot and simply noticing if there are any areas where there's any tightness being held, any tension, and if there's any that can be easily softened or released or relaxed, to voluntarily do that deliberately. Sometimes we build up a little tightness over the course of a day. It's useful to bring the mind to those areas and let them ease or soften. And if you come to areas of the body that cannot be relaxed, simply allowing them to be as they are with some compassion, with some care. And when you're ready, letting your mind and heart fill with images, thoughts, a felt sense of a friend, a friend who, about whom you care, who has some level of stress or difficulty in their life right now, or could be any living creature that is currently <clears throat> challenged with some something that matters to you. Allowing yourself to be touched by the feeling of being in that person or creature's presence. What's it like to be around them? What are the things about the way they live their life that touch you? Mm -hmm. 
what you know, noticing the good things about them, the things you enjoy, as well as whatever struggle or difficulty they currently face. And seeing how they are in the face of whatever struggle is going on. Your friend or the creature that you care about in this world. And as you, as you fill your awareness with them, with how they are and what is touching to you about them, Inclining your mind towards wishes of care and compassion without any agenda to try to problem solve or fix their struggle, without any idea that their suffering has to go away as a result of your meditation. That's not what we're doing here. Accepting them just as they are and extending wishes Whichever ones resonate for you with your friend, you can start with some metta before we do compassion, sending them wishes like, may you be well and healthy. Imagining them enjoying the best health and well-being that's possible for them. May you be safe and free from inner and outer harm. May you be happy. Wanting for your friend sustainable happiness that doesn't depend on life's highs and lows, but really a steady source of contentment in life. And with compassion towards those who need to express anger. Knowing that their lives must be full of suffering. Returning your attention to the friend about whom you care towards whom you'd like to offer compassion and care. And perhaps taking in the following phrases, seeing which ones might express how you feel towards your friend as they experience difficulty. I care about you. Your suffering matters to me. 
May all who experience this particular suffering be held in kindness. May I open to this pain with gentleness and compassion. May I meet this suffering with ease and kindness. So I'll repeat those phrases and perhaps you pick one or you create one of your own that particularly fits your friend. I care about you. Your suffering matters to me. May all who experience this particular suffering be held in kindness. May I open to this pain with gentleness and compassion. Thinking of your friend's difficulty. May I meet this suffering with kindness and ease. That's to help balance yourself, your own heart. And if any strong emotions or thinking come up right now, not going with that at the present moment. Just returning to silently repeating phrases as wholesome wishes, inclinations of mind, or simply radiating care and compassion in all directions. May your pain and sorrow be eased.
And if you wish, as we come to the end of the sitting, you might send your friend a wish uh, that has a little more equanimity in it. Sometimes it's we have to balance our own hearts and minds with equanimity. Perhaps a phrase like, this is the way it is right now. This is not the way it will always be. Or perhaps a simple wish, may your suffering, stress, dissatisfaction come to an end. Recognizing we don't have control over when that happens for someone else, but we can certainly wish it for them and provide care in other forms. So glad to see everyone this evening and um, wanted to share. I'm really happy to be back after uh, last week having the pleasure to serve as assistant teacher at Spirit Rock for an equanimity retreat that Nikki taught with Sylvia Borstein and Bonnie Duran. And Sylvia is the teacher who, with whom I first uh, participated for a longer retreat um, in immersive meta practice, loving kindness practice, um, many years ago. She's now 87, but she's still teaching just amazingly beautifully. So it's really great. And um, I can't think of anything the world needs more right now than equanimity. We had a little experience this evening where, um, you know, being Zoom bombed, what we had to do was you know, kind of calmly try to find the person. Thank you, Neil. 
I kept muting the person, but Neil found who it was and was able to take care of it. Um, and, you know, it is true that a lot of the action in the world right now, or at any time in human life, uh, can be very unpleasant. And when it's hard to extend compassion towards what's very unpleasant and the conditions that underlie that, equanimity is very good to bring to it. Um, so returning to the retreat at Spirit Rock for a moment and sharing something about it. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time for the first decade of my practice at Spirit Rock. I sat at least two retreats a year. Sometimes when I was lucky, I could fit in three. And so it was kind of really nice to be back on this very large piece of land that was once a nature preserve. Um, and it feels like you get to be a little closer than in ordinary circumstances to flocks of wild turkeys, deer, and other creatures that live there. So um, I've I've been hiking there and seen a mountain lion in the distance, you know, walking on the trail. Um, and this past week, I watched a coyote hunting for ma- mice on one of the hills above. It would freeze in its tracks for some moments and then leap and pounce uh, until it finally caught a mouse and had breakfast. Um, and uh, I, I was, you know, really enjoying watching nature around us. Um, th- I even found myself watching nature at night. So they have these solar-powered light fixtures along the paths and some skilled artisan must have created them for Spirit Rock when they first opened. There are these rust-colored metal metal lampshades that are kind of trapezoidally shaped. And um, they, they're decorated with kind of cut-out Bodhi leaves and some kind of uh, lighter material so that light shines through them. And uh, I, as I walk, looked at those during the day, I saw some sort of cobwebs hanging from them, and I had this passing thought, I should get a towel and clean those off. Um, But then one night, I was walking back to my room, and I looked more closely and saw that there were these beautifully intricate spider webs, and there was this one uh, white spider very hard at work creating this web, and I, I was so happy that I hadn't cleaned the shades because you know it was a creature's home so it struck me you know just as people have made homes nearly everywhere on the planet almost anywhere you could look at spirit rock there's hard-working beings trying to have shelter safety food and whatever other resources it needs so it you know we were practicing uh loving kindness for people and beings and we were practicing equanimity with some of the things that get too tough uh you know that are so difficult for the heart uh, difficult for the mind and um equanimity is something that we can bring in everyday life to all the challenges that we face all the challenges that other people face. But tonight I thought we could start with some compassion for what what is going on in our lives with friends and, of course, in the world. Um, 
Sylvia Borstein shared this poem that I'll finish with uh, before we go into discussion groups. And it's called Mimesis, um, written by Fadi Judah. And here's the poem. My daughter wouldn't hurt a spider that had nested between her bicycle handles. For two weeks, she waited until it left of its own accord. If you tear down the web, I said, it will simply know this isn't a good place to call home and you get back to get to go biking. She said, that's how others become refugees, isn't it? So it's so interesting to view things from a different lens as we think about the suffering or difficulty of a friend, of people we know, of creatures we know. And this evening, as we go into breakout groups, you may want to uh, share about what inspires caring from you towards others in your life, towards your friends, towards your, towards living beings. What inspires caring? And what actions do you take out of caring and compassion for others? So just seeing what comes up for you about that. And as usual, um, we do breakout groups of about three or four people per room. And um, the invitation is for each person to share one thing at a time, just one thought, and to go around the circle several times. Because by getting everybody's voice into the circle, sometimes there's inspiration. It'll bring up things that you hadn't really been thinking about that are important to you. Um, and also, it's just a very... Um, caring way to listen to one another uh, fully. And we do these uh, groups without uh, interrupting or giving advice or commenting on each other's sharing. We just speak about our own experience. And when you're listening, just listening uh, with your whole heart. Very helpful. Um, and if you find yourself in a breakout room where uh, there aren't any people, sometimes people opt out, I will find you and I'll put you in another one. So don't worry. Just stay where you are for a moment. So enjoy the 10-minute breakout.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. So we now have about seven minutes to share something you learned or any inspiration from this evening, um, any question you might have. If you can raise your Zoom hand. Ah, great. Um, Joelma, please. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm going to leave the camera off because I'm not feeling very well today. But I wanted to thank you. I wasn't sure how it was going to be handled, but I thought the way you handled it was just beautiful. And it was like a a wonderful way to um, exemplify what our goal is as a group. And um, even though it was uh, my group knows about what happened in my situation today, but it was very weird how that was exactly what I personally needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, here's someone with a lot of anger, and here, what do I do? And so thank you so much. Um, I, and Neil, also, thank you, Neil. Deep bows to Neil, because I kept muting, uh, but I couldn't spot the person, and Neil spotted what needed to happen. But thank you, uh, Dolma. We really don't want to reinforce uh, that, and I, I feel some regret that, uh, you know, a real insulting word got uttered uh, in our group. I I don't feel good about that, but it's sometimes really hard to catch this in time. So, Um, but as they say, hatred will not end by hatred. Can't meet anger with anger and get anywhere. So equanimity is probably the best thing to practice. And other questions, comments, inspirations about your practice this evening? Hugh, please. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I, uh, I I just want to thank you. It was a wonderful uh, experience. It was an in- incredible, really a uh, happy hour, unlike any other happy hour that I have ever been to. And that <laughs> floating uh, on a cloud of happiness, for and then for five seconds, suddenly being in a, in the middle of a angry cloud and then wham right back in the happy cloud again was i feel so grateful so happy to have that happy cloud to be able to fall back into and and i think wow this this mood that i'm in right now in the happy hour is so much better (laughs) than that than that other flash of a mood that um that nothing can compare to the goodness of it. I I wish I could keep it going 24 hours a day. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Hugh. Yeah, you know, one of the things this practice does for us, if we keep at it and we are devoted to it, it brings equanimity to the point where, you know, we can uh, roll with what life throws at us and return to 
a deeper happiness, you know, one that isn't dependent on conditions. So thanks. Mm, thank you. And Diana. Hi. Um, I became a little confused uh, in the meditation, in the compassion phrases. I was starting to wonder, was I offering them for my friend's suffering, ease in that suffering and care and so forth, or for my mm-hmm. um, unease with their unease? Who's who? Who was I offering the compassion? Well, yes, and I will. Me? Yes, you're you're right. The phrases had uh, both tendencies in them or either tendency depending on the phrase and i think part of this is actually the reason i selected that group of phrases was because in um extending this kind of care to a friend sometimes our our own distress gets a little activated Mm -hmm. gets into the picture and so sometimes we you know it's sort of a shared experience where we're concerned about their distress and we're also trying to cultivate a heart that can be with it without dissolving into our distress. So, um, yeah, I'm glad. So it was both. So yeah. we're offering for both. Yeah. Way. Yes, in a way, because we were switching. I, I offered phrases that sort of tended in each mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and you. you you can purely go with one. You know, that's based on what you're seeing and what you're feeling. If you're feeling you know, very well balanced and you just want to send the compassion to the person, you can purely offer the ones that are about their suffering and, or you could offer the ones for your heart as well. So thanks for raising that, Diana. Thank you. Important point. Padma. Yeah. Hi, thanks, Silas. Um, so it's more of a question for me. So when, when I have some suffering, um, I tend to think about, uh, the worst suffering that's going around, either the people that I really know or the ones I don't see. Um, then I'm, I tell myself, what am I complaining? This is nothing. <laughs> this will, this shall pass. Um, so is that a good practice or I'm trying to like covering up, not going deeper into my practice? I, I, I don't know that you're not going deeper. I think you're just observing um, what your mind is tending to do right now. Um, so you, you know, if, if that's the message you're sending yourself, um, what would be something you'd like to try that's different from what you're doing? Um, I don't know. You, you, yeah, you don't have to have the answer right now, but that might be a reflection. It's like, you know, what is, what is my mind inviting me to do here? So I think, you know, the role of the kind of the, um, the, the thoughts that come into our minds, the, reactions we have to some things are sometimes like breadcrumbs trying to point us in a direction that can um, make the practice more profound for us and make it richer for us. So sometimes I just take those as cues to try something a little different that, you know, is being pointed towards. Wow, I can't believe it's already seven o'clock. So if you'd like to unmute and say goodnight to one another and uh, thank you all very